Thursday edition. Welcome in, everybody. I am here at a tremendous place with tremendous people. That would be the Cavens Group. Gary and the crew here, super hospital every time I come in here. I love being in here. Although Duke is not here today, the Wonder Dog is uh, taking uh, the remote off today. But glad to have you with us. we got a lot of things to talk about today. Great win for the Oklahoma City Thunder last night in New Orleans. The job that uh, Josh Giddy did, Lou Dort knocking down three. Shea Gilgis-Alexander only had seven in the first half, had 25 in the second half, had 17 in the third quarter, and the young Oklahoma City Thunder got the job done. We'll see if they can get it done in uh, Minnesota coming up on Friday night. It'll be 8.30 on ESPN, but uh, the future... So bright, you got to wear shades right now, right, for the Oklahoma City Thunder, because that was uh, that was well done last night. All right, uh, we have a lot of things to talk about. Spring football, of, cur- of course, will be uh, one of the big subjects, in fact, the biggest subject, because after all, it is the home of Sooner fans. So, Parker Thune, how are you today? You know, Steely, I'm making it. Tomorrow's Friday, and that's what's getting me through this afternoon. Sounds like it's been a long week for you. You sound like you might be a little bit mentally drained. Busy week? I am a little bit mentally drained. I will say I'm looking forward to the spring game next Saturday, and covering spring football has been fun. But it's also something where, you know, I'll, I'll be glad when it's over with. I'll be over when it, I'll be glad when April 22nd has come and gone, and spring football at the University of Oklahoma has officially drawn to a conclusion. Well, I mean, we all need to uh, recharge our batteries every now and then, and you're going constantly, so I totally get it. So uh, we're going to talk spring football today, and uh, T.J. Eckert's going to join us at 135 on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Again, I'm here at the Cavens Group. Cavens Group on all social media now. They uh, do a great job with so many things, fire remediation and restoration, water remediation and restoration, mold remediation and restoration, emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspections. They are the specialists in so many areas. There's no need to call anybody else. Give Cavens a call. And in the uh, Norman, Oklahoma City area, of course, that number is 405-573-3048, 405-573-3048. They are the best in the business. They've got all these awards here in the conference room. Super reliable. They will get the job done for you. And uh, like I said, they have the vast majority of the experts in the field to get the job done for you when you're presented with an emergency situation uh, in particular. All right. Uh, I was thinking about today, what do we lead with? Do we lead with the Thunder? Do we lead? Uh, we're the home of Sooner fans, so it's mainly a lot of Sooner football. And obviously this time of the year we're talking OU softball. We're talking uh, Sooner baseball, men's and win- women's gymnastics uh, squads. Uh, begins tonight again for the OU women as they will be uh, going up against UCLA, Utah, and Kentucky in uh, the semifinal uh, bracket two in Fort Worth. And then the OU men will be at the NCAA qualifier and will be in the finals, you would presume, uh, in University Park, Pennsylvania this weekend. So a lot of stuff going on. But I thought, you know what? Sometimes you just got to talk about something that has been said and see what our Ref Army people think about it. And I'm here to admit that I am chumming the water here right off the bat. 
And I want to partially blame Tyler McComas because he goes, uh, did you hear what uh, Brandon Walker and those guys said on unnecessary uh, roughness? And I'm like, no, I didn't hear it. What happened? Well, they called the OU fan base the worst on Twitter. The OU fan base the worst on Twitter. We have the soundbite. Let's see what they had to say about Sooner Nation and social media. have spent the past six months gaslighting us into saying it was okay that they went five and seven last yes. year. Yes. It's or okay. six and seven. Yeah. They came into the season saying, Brent Venables, we're going to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. We're going to be a playoff contender. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. And now they're saying, oh, of course he went six and six in his first season. They didn't have any players. Oh, shucks. You idiots didn't say that before the season. They were saying, no, like, USC ain't going to be very, like, we're going to be better than Lincoln, and we're going to win this breakup. Now, the breakup's still to be determined because it's so right. long. But Lincoln's got the lead. A very substantial lead, and also just how they gaslit us. They would send us stuff like, well, they lost all these transfers. Every stat we sent them suggested you still were a top 15 team, top 10 team in the country. Lincoln broke them. Lincoln broke them in a way – Thank God they have the SEC thing. All right, Parker Thune, what do you think? How do you think the OU fans are going to react? I'm sure they will light up our text line at 405-651-3439. I'm sure they will. I also hate that we have to platform such an insufferable moron as Brandon Walker, but here we are. Um, we're ch- like I said, I'm fully admitting we're throwing some chum in the water and see what sharks uh, come to the surface here. From the 580, Brandon Walker is the most pompous, know-nothing jackass in sports media. (laughs) Well, I wasn't going to say it, but since you did, uh, from the 918, they're not wrong. With a couple of crying, laughing emojis added for dramatic effect. And I I will say this, Steely, there was a lot of confidence heading into the 2022 season that Oklahoma was going to be a lot more successful than they were. Mm So, is it tough to hear what they're saying? Sure, but is there an element of truth in it? Yes, there is. You have to acknowledge there is an element of truth there. Well, yeah, the uh, the narrative changes, right? If you're one of those, well, oh, man, they're going to be tougher immediately. This team, you'll see immediately they're going to be better than what Lincoln Riley threw out there. Now, I'm not saying the vast majority of people said that. And, look, I bought into. I'm throwing myself under the bus, too. I never expected six and seven. Now, I didn't think they were going to the playoff last year or anything, but I certainly did not expect six and seven. But it's interesting because then, yes, after that season, you do hear a lot of that, well, you know, the whole roster was overturned, and which is true, but the narrative has cha- did change with a lot of people, right? Yeah, it has, and look, in hindsight, and we've mentioned this on the airwaves before, Steely, in, in hindsight, expectations were probably too high for this Oklahoma football team. I have less of an issue with the fact that there are many that seem willing to make excuses for the 6-7 and seven campaign, and I have more of an issue in hindsight with the fact that expectations were set so high. And we're culpable in that, Steely. I'll acknowledge yeah, that. absolutely. No doubt. I, I, I drank a lot of the Crimson Kool-Aid. I really did. And uh, but nobody, nobody expected uh, six and seven. 
And, uh, again, I still think that this coaching staff is a good one. I like this coaching staff. I like what they're throwing out there philosophy-wise. I like the culture and the foundation they're building. But, again, the bottom line is you got to go out and win more football games. Uh, and, and I do think, you know, that the fan base was so upset with a certain individual that they needed, you know, a, a new savior to come to town. And Brent, based on what he had done at Clemson, <clears throat> and look, Clemson became – one of the best programs in college football. And they were known for Clemsoning before that. And Brent was a huge part of that. And we saw how those Clemson teams played defense and how they were physical. They basically looked like an SEC team, right? And with the announcement that Oklahoma's going to the SEC, everybody is ready to roll out the crimson carpet for Brent Venables. And I still think most of the people are still bought in. But it just didn't, uh, it just didn't click in year one. And, and you're right. Looking back the expectation should have been that high but i think the ou fan base thought all right man we finally got a guy who's going to think about defense and forget this flag football and yes we've had great quarterbacks but let's get more physical and get ready for the sec and last year you just didn't have the kind of roster that was ready to play that kind of football now again oklahoma should never go six and seven but i think we all a lot of us uh probably bought in too much for the first year well and i also think that if oklahoma returns to their pedestal this year uh, atop the big 12 and if they win 10 11 even 12 games i think the narrative is going to turn on its head once again and people are going to begin to correctly regard oklahoma's 2022 campaign as one of the more fluky six and seven seasons in recent memory because five of those losses came by one possession OU was 0-5 in one-possession games. The final four of those five one-possession losses came by a field goal. Uh, On the text line, Tommy says, I want to punch that MFR in the mouth. Bruce admits, it is true OU fans thought OU would win 10 games. Did not happen. From the 405, nobody gives a crap what Brandon Walker says. Dude looks like store brand Mark Davis. Tough but fair. (laughs) <laughs> also from the 405, guys, to suggest Lincoln is winning is way wrong. He's got one year left of Caleb. He didn't win the Big 12. He didn't get into the playoff. Not sure he's winning by much. I assume that listener meant he didn't win the Pac-12. Uh, and yeah, I think he's talking about, you know, right now that everybody still, you know, hates Lincoln Riley, and that's not going to change for a long time, if ever. Uh, and these certain individuals in the media who keep stoking the fire, I mean, I wish they would just move on, right? Wait, wait. wait. Um, but anyway, you know, if you're looking at this, it, like the boxing match, well, Lincoln Riley won round one. Certainly. But this is going to be a long bout, and I think there are going to be a lot of Oklahoma fans, you know, that are going to keep comparing every year Oklahoma to USC. How's USC doing? I mean, how happy was everybody who loves Oklahoma Sooner football with Utah? How how happy were the Sooner fans to see Utah take down Southern Cal twice? But Oklahoma needs to worry about Oklahoma and get ready for the SEC. And, uh, you know, this could be a bounce-back season. I think it will. I'm not saying they're playoff bound, but I think they should compete and have a great chance to win the Big 12 championship. And you should win at least nine games with this schedule. 
And if they do that, if they, uh, let's say, they go to the Big 12 championship game, maybe they lose to somebody in that championship game. But at least if they show major progress based on the way they recruited last year, uh, ended up with the number four class in the country, imagine what you can do with that if you're playing football the way you expect to play football at Oklahoma again. And it's going to be rougher, no doubt. Rougher road in the SEC. But this is Oklahoma. You do the Oklahoma job right, and you should be one of the very best programs year in and year out in college football. All right, here at Cavens, want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems, sponsoring our first hour, 405-579-3113. They will do great work for you. Tim Lasher, great Sooner, great company. Coming right back, we'll talk a little more Sooner football and get more texts in when we get back here on The Ref. Back here on a Thursday edition of Steelman and Thune, I'm here at Cavens Group. Gary will join us uh, coming up for a little bit in the next segment. They do great work when you're talking about fire, water, mold, remediation, and restoration. They are the experts, the very best in the business. They do emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspections. Cavens is the place to call, and uh, they will save the day for you. Your home is your biggest investment when something goes wrong with any of that stuff, fire, water, or mold. Uh, they are the experts, again, to get you taken care of and get you back on track because that's going to be a very scary, depressing situation if that happens to your home. But uh, Cavens Group will uh, get the job done, and they have an excellent reputation here in the area, around the state, and uh, they're just the best, the best in the business. They give back to the community as well. $400,000 over the last five years they have reinvested in the community. Good people here at Cavens Group. All right. Uh, you know, we were talking about, we played the clip with uh, Brandon Walker and Unnecessary Roughness. And you, and you know what that podcast show, that's all about. Uh, and I knew it would rile up some OU fans. But what about Oklahoma, where the Sooner football program stands? At this time next year, we'll be talking about a schedule in the SEC. It's going to be a whole new ball game, a totally different world for Sooner football. So... How important is this year for Brent to really get things rolling again in the right direction at Oklahoma? Josh Pate said the other day on uh, Late Kick that uh, this is a huge year, obviously, for Brent Venables. Brent Venables, year two, is going to prove a lot of people right or a lot of people wrong. I am, I am in the camp that still believes, hey, Brent Venables will get things figured out. Uh, there are some other folks out there, and some of them I respect who wholeheartedly disagree with that. There are some folks out there who think Venables is in 10 feet over his head, and um, this year will serve to solidify the negative opinions that people built of him last year. That's the camp I'm not in. I don't know which camp's going to be proven right. Obviously, I'm in the camp I'm in because I think I'll be right. I think Oklahoma will win you know, eight games minimum this year and maybe more, so I think it'll be a moot point. But if it's not, if I'm wrong, if they're – right back there struggling to make a bowl game again, even though it's only two years in and I wouldn't be banging the hot seat drum necessarily. Yes, you will have some people proven right one way or the other. I think the worst thing would be if they win seven games and they lose another four of them by one possession because then really, really no one's proven right. Classic bounce of ball thing where one little bounce here or there would have been the difference in a double-digit win season and not making a bowl game. All right, Parker, besides the uh, the obvious answer, wins and losses, what 
to you will define success for Brent in year two? Well, I mean, I, I, does it go any deeper than that, Steely? I, I know that's the obvious answer, but is there yeah. is there any other answer? Well, I mean, like, you got to have the wins the, this year. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing Family Feud, that's the number one answer on the board, right? That Steve Harvey is going to go number one answer: win games. But in terms of preparation for the SEC, uh, you know, what do you think needs to happen? Obviously, we're talking about go out and win and win big, compete for a, a league championship, and possibly, possibly, maybe if you have a TCU-like season. Uh, compete for a playoff berth, but what else needs to happen in your opinion? I mean, you have to bring in another elite recruiting class, which I expect Brent to do, and I think you got to see some of those young guys on the field playing meaningful snaps, whether those are the true freshmen, whether those are some of the sophomores and last year's class that saw the field sparingly, guys like R. Mason Thomas and Jaron Canick and Robert Spears Jennings and certainly Gavin Freeman on the offensive side, as well as your backfield tandem in Javante Barnes and Gavin Sotchuk, but those are the three things for me. A, prove that your young guys are cut different than all of the upperclassmen that were primarily recruited by Muleshoe and his cronies. And there were some guys, there are some guys, you look at Woody Washington and Danny Stutzman, for instance. Billy Bowman you can throw in there as well. Guys that came in under the old staff that are excellent football players and are capable of holding their own but on the whole the vast majority of the evals that the former staff made especially on defense were not great so if you can get to a point where you're starting to rely on the majority on uh, largely players that Brent Venables and his staff have recruited as opposed to transfers once you see that transition start to take effect that's where you can kind of start to build optimism as you transition to the SEC moreover you got to build upon last year's number four recruiting class with what in my mind has, certainly has the potential to be a number another top five recruiting class in the 2024 cycle it all boils down though to the fact that you have to win football games in 2023 for your fans to be confident that when you're playing SEC ball in September of 2024, you're going to be able to hold your own. See, I like that. I like that. I think you answered that very well, and I have nothing to add to that. But you, you know, obviously, clearly, the number one thing to stay employed at a blue blood college football program is to win, win games, and win a lot of them, and keep the fan base happy, the alums and the donors happy. But you also, in this transition to the SEC, also continue to uh, change your culture and change what your roster looks like and change, you know, how you play football, particularly on the defensive side of the ball and in the trenches because it's going to be a different ball game again in the Southeastern Conference. All right, 405-651-3439 on the text line. Let's work some texts in right now. From the 918. Jada recruited Billy Bowman, not Grinch, not Muleshoe. Let's get that cleared up. Yeah, there, there's a. I think that's a pretty good point. I think that's a pretty good point right there. From the 405 on the uh, Brandon Walker conversation. To be fair, they're not wrong, but you could tell with how they went about it that they loved trolling the fan base. Every fan base of a perennial powerhouse would have said, thought, tweeted, posted, etc. about lofty expectations. They chose Oklahoma because they wanted to. Lincoln Riley wanted none of the SEC. Big 12 defenses were starting to figure him out, which seemingly spells disaster for him. He's not an idiot. 
No, he's a bright guy, and uh, sometimes the devious ones are the smartest ones. And, uh, you know, I thought more of what they were going to angle towards in terms of calling OU the uh, the worst Twitter fan base, not the worst fan base but the worst on Twitter, was the obsession again with Muleshoe. And, look, I'm the poster boy for that, 100%. I know, I get it, but – you know, the uh, the constant, you know, USC fans, you know, um, having to deal with OU fans, which, I, again, to me, my favorite time on social media ever. And I, I, I don't particularly like social media that much. I have to be on it. And there's some good stuff to it. Don't get me wrong. But was when Muleshoe left. And seeing all the memes and all the comments, some of them were very crude, yes, but... I, I, I was constantly laughing at it, and it also created a, a a superstar in Travis Davidson. Was born, he should be sending a thank you note to Muleshoe. Do you think Travis would do that? Can we get him to send on his very own stationery a thank you note to Lincoln Riley? You think he would do that? I doubt it. Probably. I not. highly, highly doubt it. So there are just so many factors involved. Again, it, in a way, it's like the Kevin Durant situation was. Oklahoma folks are very loyal. This goes, if you want to go way back historically, we can go back to the Grapes of Wrath. You know, John Steinbeck and the movie when the Okies migrated out to California and they were all called a bunch of dumb hillbillies. The dumb Okies are here. You know, maybe, maybe there's still just a little bit of an inferiority complex or, you know, people don't like uh, to be looked down upon. And they kind of felt, I think they really felt like Lincoln Riley was saying, you're not good enough, uh, even though he was probably thinking we're not good enough to go take on that conference the way I coach football. But it's kind of like the Kevin Durant deal, man. It's a breakup that you don't expect in Oklahoma fans. That was their first real taste of professional sports and how it operates with KD. And like I said, Oklahoma fans just don't expect you to leave OU for another college job, and particularly the way that went down. So I think that's obviously a huge part of that. But the bottom line is Brent's got a chance to have a good season this year. The schedule's tailor-made to maybe if they play great football uh, and they get a lot better in a lot of areas, maybe, just maybe, they could be the TCU this fall. Who knows? We'll see. All right, break time right here. Haven's Group, by the way, that was our Ortho Central clip of the day, the Josh Pate clip. And uh, Ortho Central do a great job treating orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. They've had the locations in Norman and Midwest City for a long time now, doing a great job. Now the brand-new Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. Thank you to Ortho Central. Coming right back here on The Rep. Cavens Group on a Thursday, Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans. We've got uh, the main man, Gary Cavens here. Cavens Group does a great job, great reputation. And, uh, Gary, you guys, when we talk about fire, water, and mold uh, remediation and restoration, you're, you're a little bit like superheroes because people, when they give you a call, it is in a panic mode a lot of the time. Yes, because yes. your home is your biggest investment and you're, you put so much into it. Uh, money, love, blood, sweat, and tears and everything, and all of a sudden when something like this happens you, you don't expect, 
you're in a, a mode where you're, you know, there's panic, depression, everything, and it's always great when they call you guys because you are the specialists in this area. But you really do save people a lot of grief and sometimes even depression because that can be, I, I can't imagine being in that spot. It is. It's you know we, we you know whether you, it's your business or your home, um, you know give us we're available twenty four seven three sixty five for emergency fire water and mold, and and emergency board up and we deal with that. You know we realize we're coming to you when you're in a time of need and in some tech you know some situations, uh so, you know the top ten worst part of your life you know is happening right that second, and you know we we understand that and that's why we get in there. We work with your insurance company. We work with you, and and we we get everything put back the way that it needs to be. Um, and you know, and that's really important for us to step in and take care of it. And we, you know, when we're doing our training, we do a, an astronomical amount of training. We're training our guys that way every way every day. And you know, we have uh, four man teams on call. Um, like I said, twenty four seven, just ready to step in and help in those horrible situations. Yeah, and, and when we think of emergency services, and we love those emergency responders, uh, they mean so much to every community. But in a way, you guys are kind of emergency responders in a, in a different kind of way. But uh, tell us about a job you've done recently that you're super proud of where it looked like, man, this is not, not good, but you guys were able to come in and get – get that taken care of is there one that stands out to you here recently um we've had several recently um we we had a, a residential uh mold project where a home had been innovated with uh mold and it's been growing there for a while and stuff and it was you know we got in there we got it all removed we got it you know everything taken care of for the homeowners and then we got our testing back with no viable mold spores and everything so it was great and then we had a restaurant that we did recently um, that we went in and um, you know uh, stepped stepped in there and got all the mold out and everything and got it taken care of and you know restaurants are a unique thing because a lot of restaurants have mold because they have dish pits mop sinks that kind of stuff so i always find it interesting now that i'm in this business that that the restaurants actually step up and take care of it and get it out of their restaurants versus the restaurants that just don't care that it's there and they want to save a penny. So, you know, um, I, I found that very, very interesting. Uh, but, you know, we, um, uh, you know, we, we have a lot of good restaurants, a lot of good owners around, around Oklahoma that really want to take care of those issues and take care of it so they make sure they're serving a good product and a healthy environment. So. Well, you have become the uh, the go-to group, Cayman's group here, for uh, people in this area, around the state, in other states now. You've expanded uh, 13 years for you in the business, and, uh, you know, you the expansion has been unbelievable. I said, uh, you've kind of created your own dynasty here. Now, I know you're not wearing a crown or anything. You're not <laughs> that kind of guy. No. You don't like the attention on yourself, but the only way you do that is by doing a great job, or you don't get this big. A hundred percent, hundred percent. We work very hard to take care of every customer, um, you know, and we, we really want to help out everybody that we talk to and, and help them through the process and get them to that finish line and, and help them get there. And, you know, one of the things with like water or fire, um, for example, or emergency board ups, but especially water and fire, you want us to get there as fast as possible. So number, you know, on a fire, call the fire department, then call Cavens to be there right after they're done so we can get the process started uh, to secure your property, 
to dry out your property, um, to get, you know, get everything moving, to document everything for your insurance company. We have set procedures that all of our supervisors go through and our managers go through on training on how to document the stuff for the insurance company and really build out a packet uh, in case something goes to has to go to litigation with the insurance company we're, we're thinking about that day one that's day one for us and our management team is how they're trained to start thinking about the first step that they make on that process with on that job with documentation and you know and so we're, we're always training that we're always doing that but when it comes to water and fire and you know water you want to get us there as quickly as possible our plumbing team so we still have, even with us cavens group we still have plumbers on staff they'll come in they'll shut off the water get everything secured our remediation water extraction team will come in at the same time they're there start getting and everything dried out because the longer the water's on site and, and flowing, the more damage you're going to have. And, you know, when you have a business or a home, you know, sometimes you have to move out of the home and you don't, you know, you want we want to get there fast so we can get you back in in a timely manner. And on a business, we, you want to get us there fast and we can respond fast. In most cases, we're there in 30, 45 minutes, less than an hour. And we want to get there as fast as possible because we want to mitigate the damage so we can get it get it all cleaned up and get you your business back open because we understand the fact that you know some businesses have insurance for losing money on situations like that and some businesses don't and they need to be back open as quickly as possible so we we understand all that and we train all of our managers in that and and that's how we document things and that's how we respond to things um, and you know the great thing about cavens is you know we're not a we're not a national brand you know, there's several national brands out there, franchises, natural brands that have a lot of national marketing money and a lot of that kind of stuff behind them. We're a homegrown company that I've traveled all over the United States, taking certifications and training and development um, and, and do webinars and do all this stuff to learn all these skills. And I bring it back to my team. I train my team. And then I've even started sending my team off for training, too. And you know, we, we understand it. And we're your local contractor that gives back to the community. Like we said last week, we've given back over $400,000 to the community in the last five years. That's astounding. When's the last time one of these national brands has, has done that? When's the last time, you know, have you seen a national brand at your, at the baseball fields at the high school or the soccer fields at the high school or the football fields at the high school. You know, giving back is important to us because we want to support our community that are because our community is supporting, supporting us. It's not going up the chain to a, to a corporate office in Atlanta, Georgia or Dallas, Texas or California. The money's staying here in Oklahoma. It's staying in the communities in Oklahoma. And, you know, the Cavens philosophy, me and Jessica, is just to give back to the community. So when you make that call to us for water, fire, uh, roofing, uh, mold, uh, emergency board up, you're making that call not only for a local contractor, but a local contractor that has a proven track record to give back to the local community in Oklahoma and takes care of its own and not just sending the money up that corporate ladder to another state. Well, it's a great philosophy. It certainly worked for you. You've got all these awards in here, and everybody raves about Cavens. And you guys have so many teams that are ready to get out there and get the job done once you get the call. You have so many different units, so many vehicles, and all these teams that can get there quickly. I'm almost, it's, it's kind of like I'm picturing as the Cavens vehicle is going to that site, 
they're trying to get to clean up, like the uh, Jimmy Trumpet, like the Mets reliever, Edwin Diaz, when he's running out of the bullpen. That's the kind of music I'm hearing when I see one of your vehicles en route somewhere because I know they are coming to give some immediate relief and some uh, relief to people who I'm sure are very stressed out. Gary, as always, it's great chatting with you. We love it out here. And uh, thanks so much for dropping by again. Thank you so much for having me. Gary Cabins, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they do a great job here at the Cabins Group, no doubt. And they do give back. They, they put their money where their mouth is. They have given back to so many uh, charities and events and, uh, you know, uh, so many people in the community, as Gary said, over $400,000 in the last five years. All right, Parker, why don't we do this? Let's get to as many texts as we can in the next segment. So we'll break just a little bit early, and then we'll come back, get to as many texts as we can, 405-651-3439, 405-651-3439. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune, Thursday edition, Steelman and Thune. Here on the home of Sooner fans, the ref, and we're coming right back. Appreciate uh, Gary Cabins uh, dropping by to tell us what's going on here at Cabins Group. And again, you can reach them in the Norman, Oklahoma City area at 405 573 3048. In the Tulsa area, it is 918 282 7612. Cabins Group, all the social media, it's Cabins Group. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and their website, cavensgroup.com. All right, 405-651-3439 on our text line. Parker, why don't we uh, conclude this first hour with uh, as many texts as we can get to. (laughs) From the 319. Gary, tell us which restaurants don't care about leaving the mold so we can stop going there. (laughs) Uh, That's called negative recruiting right there. Yeah, there you go. That's true. Uh, from the 918, Mule Shoe, afraid of the SEC, makes no sense. He was afraid OU wasn't willing to do what you have to do to win in the SEC, so he went to a place that will let him skirt the rules. Doesn't that make more sense, honestly? What do you think, Steely? You know, I think there's some truth in that. I do. I, I do think there's some truth in that. Um, you know, uh, we we had heard that uh, Mule Shoe didn't like compliance very much, right? I mean, I think all of us heard that on many occasions. I know you did, Parker, right? Yes, that was a thing. But then again, that was the pre-NIL era. Right. Compliance, yeah, exactly. Compl- compliance still exists, but compliance is much less regulatory than it used to be. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because everybody, everybody understands that in this day and age, Ever since July 1st of 2021, which was four months before Muleshoe left, everybody understands that in this new era of college football, you got to skirt the rules a little bit. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm thinking right now, and if there are any compliance uh, people listening right now, I, I don't take this the wrong way, and I may be totally wrong because I'm wrong a lot, but I picture the compliance guys kind of kicking back with their feet up on the desk and they're probably playing solitaire or like uh, marbles on stream or something most of the day. Like, what What are we going to do about it, huh? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? The NIL people are probably busier, right? The NIL people are probably obscenely busy. There may not be busier administrators in a collegiate athletic department than the NIL people just because, man, that's what's, if that isn't already what runs the world in collegiate athletics, it's going to. From the 405, 
I'm getting sick and tired of listening to all these people talk about Oklahoma and Brent Venables and the state the program is in, and nobody's holding the one accountable for it all. The only reason Lincoln Riley was so successful is because of his offense. And even that was going by the wayside the last couple of years because people figured him out, and they've already seen that at USC. I told my buddy watching a USC game that all you needed to do was put an Oklahoma uniform on them, and it looked the exact same. Well, I mean, yes. I think we saw, particularly with Iowa State, the way they uh, they defended Oklahoma was was pretty successful. Obviously, the uh, rush three, drop eight. But Caleb Williams did just win the Heisman, and he could be the uh, the second uh, member of a very elite group joining Archie Griffin by winning back to back. So, look. They're always going to have good offense. The question is, can they get physical enough and get good enough on defense to realistically win a national championship? But, look, Muleshoe is always going to have a flashy, shiny offense, right? It doesn't mean they're going to you know, score 100 points on everybody, but offense is never going to be a problem there, I don't think. And I'm not saying you're going to have Caleb Williams for forever, and who knows if Malachi Nelson is going to be on that level or not. But they're always going to have – Good offense as long as he's there. Rob from Moore says, if that was the case, why is Muleshoe still recruiting the exact same way at USC? You need big dudes in the trenches that can push people around in the SEC, and Muleshoe was never interested in those type of athletes, so I don't buy that he was worried about what OU would provide him. I think more in terms of facilities and stuff like that is what that previous text was about, don't you? Um because look, Brent's got how many coaches does he have and consultants now, and they're you know new facilities, and I, I think eventually they would have gotten a new facility anyway. But there were some uh, donors out there, and you probably heard from some or uh, people that know some that were not totally bought in with Lincoln Riley long term too. So maybe those funds weren't uh, as available if that's indeed the case, where they just you know. There weren't enough believers out there of the big money donors that Lincoln was the answer to winning a national championship, and maybe why that's why some of that money wasn't there. On the text line, Brazilian Sooner says, don't know but wondered if OU was still interested in Brennan Thompson or has that ship sailed. We seem pretty good at wide receiver. Yeah, Texas uh, no. had some portal guys announced yesterday. No, yeah. That, yeah, that ship has definitely not sailed. In, fi- in fact, it's been less than 24 hours until that ship uh, officially arrived in the harbor, as it were. Uh, Brennan Thompson, it was announced, I think, while we were still on the air, maybe about 2.15 yesterday, that Brennan Thompson, former OU target, four-star wide receiver prospect in the 2022 class, and current Texas Longhorn, uh, that he was going to be entering the transfer portal, and I do expect OU to be involved there. Doesn't mean he ends up at OU, but definitely means OU is going to be in the picture. Uh, from the 909, got to remember, Grinch wants guys under 300 pounds. <laughs> Speed D. I'm cur- yeah. As we speak, yeah. Steely, I am looking through USC football's roster to find out if there are any defensive players over 295 pounds, and I have found one. There is one player on the entire roster that is listed above 295 pounds. It would be redshirt junior defensive lineman Kobe Pepe, who obviously precedes Muleshoe 
at USC. So in a single year, Muleshoe and Alex Grinch have managed to rid USC's roster of all defensive players over 295 pounds, save for one. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, by the way, on Brennan Thompson, uh, track guy too, right, from the 2022 class, the four-star, he also visited uh, Oklahoma State back in the day. Yep. Uh, so Oklahoma State could be a factor there as well? They, I, they could be. I just, I don't really buy that, to be honest. I, I think Brennan Thompson has his height, has his sights set a little bit higher. I think there is going to be a strong pull to Texas Tech, being that that's the closest Power Five school to his home base in Spearman. And I also think there may be a strong pull to Arizona State, given that he's real tight with former Oklahoma tight end and current Arizona State Sun Devil. Jalen Conyers, who also comes from small-town Texas, uh, the town of Groover, which isn't too far from Spearman. So they, those, I would say Texas Tech and Arizona State, two other schools to watch in the race for Brendan Thompson. But I do expect that OU, uh, if they are involved to the extent to which I believe they will be, they're going to be tough to beat. Any interest in the uh, two defensive guys, Derek no. Brown, Travell Johnson? No, no interest there. Yeah. I didn't think so. But, yeah, three guys going to the portal for Texas, and the offic- it officially opens uh, April 15th and then runs through April 30th. And here it is. Uh, you know, a lot of things happen after spring football, during spring football, when prospects see that, yeah, maybe I'm not going to be where I thought I was going to be on the depth chart, and there will be some more departures, so we'll see what happens. All right, here at Cavens Group on a Thursday, want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. Coming back with Hour 2 here on The Ref. Thursday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Here at Cavens Group, Great place, Gary and the folks here, Amanda, everybody here, super nice, down-to-earth, cool people, and a great, great company. We don't have Duke here today. Duke is uh, resting at home, doing fine, I'm sure. But Duke would usually be in here right now looking for some attention. But Duke's not here. Duke the Wonder Dog today. All right, uh, Riverwind Casino is another great place. They have the best uh, of everything there, your best chance to go out and win. They gave away last month over $30 million in jackpots. Unbelievable. And they have, uh, again, the big news that they announced recently, that shows are coming back to the Showplace Theater. If you haven't seen a show at the Showplace Theater, you're missing out. It's a great little concert venue, not a bad seat in the house. They have uh, bars in two areas, a balcony that's really uh, popular as well. It's a great, really cool place to see a show. So come on out and see the show. Who was that? Emerson Lake and Palmer, I believe. Um, Earth, Wind, and Fire will be the first show out uh, June 23rd. And then in July, you have three shows. Uh, Collective Soul, really like Collective Soul a lot. Of course, I love Earth, Wind, and Fire, too. July 21st, Josh Turner. July 28th, the comedy of Gabriel Iglesias. July 29th, in August, Dwight Yoakam. August 19th, Counting Counting Crows, August 25th. REO Speedwagon in September. Uh, September 8th for REO and then Chicago coming to the Showplace Theater. That show will be on September 15th. So some big-time shows coming. We're just getting warmed up, too. 
We are just getting started with those shows. It'll be so great to have that concert venue back, and you can get tickets to all of these upcoming shows right now. Uh, if you're out at the casino, just stop by the box office right there in front of the Showplace Theater, or you can get them online at riverwind.com. That is at riverwind.com. And don't forget, Beats and Bites is back, the outdoor concert series presented by Coop Aleworks Outdoors right there at Riverwind. May 27th is opening day, or opening night in this case, 38 special and Blue Oyster Colts. In June, we've got a show uh, with the Gin Blossoms and Tonic. Uh, that'll be June 10th, July 8th. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird. And August 26th, we will have Gary Allen on the uh, Beats and Bites stage. All right, uh, Parker, before we play this soundbite, I want you to ponder a question, and we'll talk about it in the next segment. All right? And that would be the three or four most talked-about players so far at OU spring football practice that kind of raised some eyebrows and, uh, you know, that everybody's talking about. And, you know, sometimes it's on the record. Sometimes the coach will tell you on the record. Sometimes, you know, right there in front of the, uh, you know, the media scrum, you will get sometimes the coach will tell you straight out. Sometimes you hear from somebody else, man, this kid looks really good. Really, really, really good. So I want to address that coming up in the next segment. Three or four players that you're hearing a lot of buzz about, uh, the most talked about players during the spring. I would say that conversation has to start with Josiah Wagner. And maybe that's just because he didn't he wasn't a guy that came in with as much buzz as somebody like Jackson Arnold or Peyton Bowen or PJ at a barre naturally, but Josiah Wagner has really opened eyes at the cornerback position, and he's somewhat undersized. He's still light. He's only 171 pounds. But, man, he is a dog. Jay Valai called him a pit bull, and he has certainly lived up to that moniker since he got on campus with Oklahoma. Very, very excited to see if Josiah Wagner can continue to climb his way up the depth chart. Uh, I would throw – who else would I throw into that conversation? I would say R. Mason Thomas certainly that was is the on name. the short list. That was the name I was going to bring up, yeah. Absolutely. Not a question about that. Andrell Anthony, the transfer wide receiver from Michigan, another guy that has made big strides and left a strong impression. And then if I had to pick a fourth, man, I, I hate to ignore Jackson Arnold. I hate to ignore P.J. Atabare. I hate to ignore – really all these young freshmen enrollees that people are excited about, but I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that Austin Stogner has been really, really impressive behind closed doors as well. And not only for what he brings to the table as a football player, but as a leader, uh, so has he impressed people within the program, people around the Switzer Center and all signs point toward Austin Stogner having a career year in Oklahoma's offense, assuming he stays healthy. Interesting. All right, so Parker went with uh, Josiah Wagner, R. Mason Thomas, Andrew Anthony, and Austin Stogner. But when you said behind closed doors, I, I'm hearing now the Charlie Rich song in my uh, my head. I doubt you're familiar with it. but I am not. That was a big Charlie Rich hit it wasn't about football at all it was about something else but now i'm hearing charlie rich in my head and it's probably going to stay there for the rest of the show but my that's apologies. fine that's fine 
You can play. You know, you, you can cue it up if you want to into the break or coming out of the break might be easier. The Golden Tones of Charlie Rich. I bet Barry Switzer likes that song. That's the kind of song that Barry Switzer would enjoy. And I know that Coach Switzer likes going out to the uh, Showplace Theater. Uh, saw him out there for the Oak Ridge Boys, for the Bellamy Brothers. So I'm sure that Coach Switzer will be there for some of these shows out there at the Showplace Theater. All right, you want to get some texts in? And why don't we save the uh, clip that uh, – that's dogging OU Twitter, the one that we played earlier, just in case didn't pe- people didn't hear it uh, in our first segment last hour. We'll do that next segment. But let's why don't we get some text in right here, 405-651-3439. Hey, Parker, this text is from the 405. Since you dropped all your balls on the lock of the year, Peyton Pierce, where do we go now at linebacker? Sammy Brown ain't coming to OU. Well, you're right, listener in the 405. Uh, I... I would concur that Sammy Brown is probably not coming to OU with Peyton Pierce now an Ohio State Buckeye. Then that's things get very murky at linebacker very quickly beyond those two. But mention it throughout the week, but I'll I'll rehash it. The names I would get familiar with at the linebacker position are as follows: Braden Platt from the state of Washington, Jordan Lockhart and Kamori House, St. John Bosco teammates from the state of California, and then Ty Anthony Smith from Jasper, Texas. That, I believe, is where the conversation at linebacker starts. Another name to keep in mind, Drew Woodaz, three-star linebacker out of Tampa, Florida, who is down to Clemson and Oklahoma in his recruitment. There you go. And uh, Platt, I think, is one if I'm not mistaken, that's actually rated a little bit higher than Peyton Pierce. Now, he's not rated number one like Sammy Brown, but uh, Platt, I believe, was like 11th at the linebacker position, and I think Pierce was around 15 in the last ratings I saw. Yeah, I would have to double-check that. I don't know, and I know ESPN just released new rankings yesterday, so the composite has been somewhat shuffled a little bit, but... Braden Platt's another guy with very impressive tape. You can say the same for Jordan Lockhart. I think those two and Ty Anthony Smith are probably at the top of the priority list right now for Brent Venables as you start to look further down the linebacker board. Here's an interesting question from the 405. Guys, do you think that linebacker recruits are intimidated by the complexity of Brent Venables' defense? That is an interesting question uh because as good of a player as Danny Stutzman is and look he uh again he ended up having a good year but there were times where he looked confused out there there is no doubt about it and and the linebacker core looked confused and we heard you know the story about Brent saying move over by a couple inches you know and uh you know Brent is a detail oriented those things matter to him because he believes that's the in the res- that could be the result of being in the right place even that, uh, you know, margin can be very important. So, But Stutzman, with his natural ability, and he, he got a little bit better, obviously, as the season went along and still ended up having a good year. But I don't know, Parker, what do you think? Perhaps, maybe? I, it's I, pretty complex. And, and it is. I would say no. I would say, in general, linebackers aren't deterred because if you're recruiting the right type of player at linebacker, the type of player that you're recruiting is is a guy with a desire to reach the top of his game. 
and yeah, yeah. be developed as well as he can possibly be developed, and there's nobody that's going to do that for a linebacker quite like Brent Venables. So, no, I would say if you are recruiting the right dudes at that position, the right dudes are not the dudes that are going to be deterred by the intricacies of Brent Venables' scheme. And it might be more, again, who's in that linebacker room. You know, the young linebackers, the Sooners, uh, that's a pretty good-looking room right now. And the other part of that, you know who I've heard say a bunch of times in interviews now, you know, referring to what you were just talking about? The guy at Spring that I've heard, I really wanted to get better and learn how to do more things and uh, play in a complex defense so I could get better. I've heard Desan McCullough say that, like, three or four times now and I know cheetah linebacker whatever you want to call it but he's one of those guys who said I wanted to play for Brent I wanted to come here because I wanted things to be more complex I needed to be able to do more and uh, you've been there and you've heard those conversations he's mentioned that a bunch and Desan McCullough very much the right type of guy for Brent Venable's system in that regard in that he's willing to learn uh, he's willing to take nothing for granted, but he's also a very high-ceiling, physical, and versatile football player that you can put it inside linebacker or put it cheetah or even put it edge. You can move him around and let him do his thing. Uh, somebody from the 580 wants to know, Parker, if you were Coach V, which two linebackers would Parker Thune take after Brown and Pierce? I would say I'd probably go Braden Platt. And I really like Jordan Lockhart as well, but I also think there's not enough being made of Drew Wood as. I see Drew Wood as, and I I think back to what success Oklahoma has had in recruiting and developing from the state of Florida, especially on defense. And you think of a guy in Danny Stutzman who was a three-star when he got to Oklahoma and immediately became a regular rotation player as a true freshman. There's just something about those Sunshine State Sooners, man. Those dudes pan out in general. And you'll get a Kendall Dennis every now and again, but OU has had some pretty successful football players over the last few years from the state of Florida, so I'm really high on Drew Woodass. Um, from the 405, I hope Austin Stogner has a big year, but I'm hesitant to believe it considering Braden Willis was underutilized last year, in my opinion. What do you think of that, Steely? I don't know if I would necessarily concur with that take. I mean, uh, I, he made a lot of plays, I thought, and uh, not just at tight end H-back. Obviously played some quarterback, too, but I don't know. Uh, you know, one of the things that you always hear fans say, too, is they, they want more tight end involvement. They always want to throw the ball to the tight end. It'll be interesting to see. I think Austin Stogner, again, the last time he was healthy at Oklahoma, really healthy at OU, he was a playmaker, man, and he was a go-to guy. So I, you know, Sooner fans hope to have to hope that version of Austin Stogner is going to be what they see this fall. And I think you will see a reinvigorated version of Austin Stogner this fall because, and it's something I say a lot, but it never becomes less true. Austin Stogner is finally getting all that he's ever wanted at Oklahoma. Um in the sense that when you think back to the arc of his Sooner career from 2019 to 2021, he was always sharing snaps with somebody, Jeremiah Hall, Lee Morris, Braden Willis, etc. Now there's really no question as to who the top option, who the primary option at tight end for Oklahoma is. 
and that's Austin Sogner. So assuming he is up to the challenge, which everything I've heard indicates that he is, and he's taking it in stride, I do believe you are looking at a guy that if things break his way, I don't question that he could work his way into consideration for the Mackey Award. There you go. You heard it from Parker right there, right there, expecting big things from Austin Stogner. Now, Parker also said there's been a lot of talk about Austin Stogner behind closed doors. So, as I mentioned during that segment, now I'm hearing Charlie Rich in my head. Some of you who are as old as me might be hearing it as well. So we're going to ask Parker when we get back to queue up behind closed doors so we can hear the late, great Charlie Rich sing for about 30 seconds. That sounds like a plan. Who's ready to hear Charlie Rich? Raise your hand, and, and, and except don't do it if you're driving. Just nod your head yes. All right, a lot more on the way. We'll have more text. We've got uh, T.J. Eckert coming up at 135, and talk about the Thunder's big win on the way, too. Stay here. Oh, here we go. Musical education for Parker. He said there was a lot of talk about Austin Stogner behind closed doors. So here's Charlie Rich for you. It's coming. Wait for it. Yeah, you definitely wouldn't want that, no doubt. Yeah, they do. Here it comes, Parker. It's coming right here. Get ready. Parker, I think we should make that your official uh, honeymoon song. What do you think? Honeymoon song? Yeah, that could be your official song for honeymoon. I'll discuss it with the fiancé. All right. I mean, Charlie Rich, that song, that's a classic right there. All right, 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439 on our text line here at Cavens Group. They do great work, fire, water, mold, remediation, and restoration, emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspections, and they are beloved in the community and around the state. In Norman, 405 573-3048 573-3048 in the Tulsa area, 918-282-7612. You would think this is like a Hall of Fame with all the plaques and everything they have here in the conference room and all the uh, quotes from people who've done work with Cavens and uh, had them, you know, help them out with an emergency cleanup or whatever. Uh, they love Cavens Group, and they have given so much back to the community as well, over $400,000 given up. Uh, by Cavens to the community, given to the community over the last five years. So they uh, they do very well because they do a great job, and they give money back to the community. All right, you want to get some text in? Or do, you, do you want to play that clip one more time? Somebody was asking me, what was the clip I got into? What was the clip that you guys played at the top of the first hour, people talking about the OU Twitter fan base? Well, here's uh, Tyler introduced me to this today. Uh, Tyler found this, and I said, yeah, I'll use it. I'll chum the water. Uh, Brandon Walker, Unnecessary Roughness uh, podcast, uh, he and his crew said the OU fan base was the worst on Twitter. 
And here is how they described the OU fan base and why they came to that conclusion that the Sooner fan base is the worst. Saying it was okay that they went five and seven last year. Yes, or six and seven. They came into the season saying, Brent Venables, we're going to go 10 and 2, 11 and 1. We're going to be a playoff contender. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. We're going to be better. And now they're saying, oh, of course he went 6 and 6 in his first season. They didn't have any players. Oh, shucks. You idiots didn't say that before the season. They were saying, no, like, USC ain't going to be very, like, we're going to be better than Lincoln. And we're going to win this breakup. Now, the breakup's still to be determined because it's so long. But Lincoln's got the lead. A very substantial lead, and also just how they gaslit us. They would send us stuff like, well, they lost all these transfers. Every stat we sent them suggested you still were a top 15 team, top 10 team in the country. Lincoln broke them. Lincoln broke them in a way. Thank God they have the SEC thing. There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, they got people a little bit fired up. Actually, a lot of it fired up. Brandon Walker and the crew on the Unnecessary Roughness Podcast. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439 on our text line. Let's head there. From the 806, stop talking about that idiot Brandon Walker. I, I, I'm I, with you on that. Brandon Walker is an insufferable buffoon. Well, look, this is the deal. I, I fully admitted this today. I, I was chumming the water with that clip. I wanted OU fans to get angry and hear what they had to say. So I, I raised my hand, and I plead guilty. From the 512, no way those clowns just said they had a top 15 roster last season. I, I think that's what they said, yes. I you know I think they mentioned was it Pro Football uh, what is the uh, the the site that everybody Pro goes Football to Pro Football Focus yeah Pro Football Focus all the analytics said that OU still had a top fifteen roster um, if we had let the clip the clip was it, they went on for like three minutes and we're not going to play three minutes but that's what they referenced for, uh, this is from Michael in OKC with the transfer portal it's tougher than ever to predict in April what to expect in September. But who do you expect to finish in the bottom four in football in the new Big 12? Oklahoma State? I'm I'm very conflicted on Oklahoma State heading into this season, Steely, because on paper, they're not good. However, I have to keep reminding myself that on paper, Oklahoma State is never really good. And yet they still win. Yeah, the quarterback situation there is going to be very interesting, right? How old is uh, Alan Bowman? Is he like 35 now, or what is he's? I mean, he seems like he's been around for a long, long time. And uh, Rangel, you know what's going to happen there? It's just when you think uh, the odds are stacked against Mike Gundy, he kind of coaches his way out of it, you know. And and last year, obviously, uh, down the stretch, Oklahoma State was a big disappointment. But uh, and uh, you talk about. A lot of portal activity, certainly a lot of that in Stillwater as well. So, I, yeah, I'm kind of curious to just see how it plays out for OSU this year. Usually they coach them up pretty well there, though. And they develop. both. Yes, they do. Both in the weight room and on the football field. Steely and Parker, this is from the 405. I saw Charlie Rich and Charlie Pride at DFW. Bought both a drink. Charlie Pride had butterfly bandages on his face. Looked like he had been in a skirmish. Really? Wow. Those are two legendary Charlies. 
I'm not a huge country guy, uh, particularly the new country. I'm really not a fan of the new country. But those two, particularly Charlie Pride, legend, absolute legend. And, you know, Charlie Rich had two big hits, and uh, I thought they were both pretty good. But I, I'm much more of an old-school country guy. Give me uh, Waylon and Willie and Johnny Cash. From the 405, who cares what those podcast idiots said? If the situation was the same at any other school, wouldn't they say the same thing about that fan base? Probably, yes. Yes, I, I would agree. They would, but there's also a reason why they singled out the OU fan base. Right? Because they knew they, they knew they were going to get interactions, and here no we are doubt. interacting with them. The, the OU fan base is, uh, you know, they're as active as any fan base on Twitter. And, you know, whenever you see, uh, you know, one of these prospects say, hey, OU fans, blow me up on Instagram or whatever, I mean, they respond in mass, so... Um, you know, the OU fan base is very active. There's no doubt about it, particularly in recruiting. Uh, Dan says, we were bad last year. Brent was bad managing the game, bad decisions. Quarterback wasn't very good, tons of penalties. People are going to take shots, and we just have to take them until we play better. That's true. That's true, and I think they will play better this year. As we talked about, uh, this schedule, again, is is – anything but a gauntlet i'm not saying they should automatically go out there and win every game on the schedule you know there are going to be some that you don't expect to be that tough that become tougher when you're out there you know in the middle of a season but again i i think the baseline for this coming season should be at least nine wins that is not a very difficult schedule um for Oklahoma, so we'll see. Last All text right. here before we Go get for to it. a break. Sugar Shane in Newcastle says, just had a fresh, hot batch of fried pickles from Classic 50s off Lindsay. We need to start sending recruits there. It's two Michelin stars at least. <laughs> Classic 50s. Yeah, been there forever. Used to be a Sonic, of course, back in the day. But, man, I I was old enough that we used to cruise down uh, Lindsay Street. Yeah, but that you think American graffiti, happy days, and all that stuff. We would cruise a little bit. I don't think you've ever been cruising, have you, Parker? That died out a long time ago. Did it? I think so. Yeah. yeah I don't I know guess... if there's. I don't think people. I don't think the kids cruise anymore. That's probably true. I'm kind of a walking anachronism, so sometimes I do cruise. But yeah, in general, it's not really a thing that people do anymore. I will concur. All right, break time here at a great place, Cavens Group. Get a hold of them for any, you know, fire, water, mold, remediation, and restoration project you might encounter. We hope you don't, but if you do, Cavens is the best in the business. Norman, Oklahoma City, 405-573-3048. Tulsa, 918-282-7612. Speaking of Tulsa, T.J. Eckert. KTUL TV sports director joins us next on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on the ref. That means it's time to talk to our friend TJ Eckert on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. I'm here at Cavens Group on this uh, beautiful looking Thursday outside here in lovely Norman, Oklahoma. 
TJ, I mean, it's pretty apparent after what we saw last night, right, that the Thunder is uh, on on their way to the NBA championship. Maybe even this this playoff, right? <laughs> when when does the uh, or did I already miss the start of the parade planning? Did I miss that meeting? Was I late? Well, for that one or? you know, we planned the parade for a long time, and we've always said it'll start in downtown Oklahoma City, and it will will have a long caravan. It will finally wrap up with a big party uh, right there at the Blue Whale of Catoosa. <laughs> I was going to say, it's the state's team, so we need to come up 44 and celebrate with Tulsa people for sure. What did you think about last night? Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see those young guys in a, I know they're not calling it playoff, they're calling it the play-in tournament, but a, a postseason type environment, right, especially on the road. They go out and they punch first, which was good to see. They start fast, they look good. And then they kind of get punched back there in the fourth quarter, and they still are able to respond. I think that was the main thing for me was once the Pelicans kind of took over there early in the fourth quarter, I, I wanted to see how those guys kind of fought back or responded. And they had a, it was a great response. And they were able to do it without Jalen Williams really playing his best game. So I think I think that's encouraging, Sealy, that they have multiple guys who can step up any given night. Obviously, Shea's going to get his. But having a guy like Lou Dort go off and, and then having guys like the other Jalen Williams produce – I, you know, I just think there's a bunch of pieces right now that are looking really good in, in big-time games. Do you think for the Thunder, TJ, it's just about getting hot and staying hot? Obviously, as the 10 seed in the conference, the expectations are not that they're going to go win a postseason series, but do you think it's within the realm of possibility under the right circumstances? Sure, I do, Parker, and it kind of goes back to sometimes what we talk about with the NCAA tournament play-in games, right, where those those 12 seeds or, or an 11 seed, whoever, whatever it might be, that has to go to Dayton first. We always see a team, it seems, go to Dayton, win a game, and then maybe win a couple more, maybe get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And so that, that's kind of what you hope for with this play-in tournament is that a team can win a couple games in a row and maybe put up a fight with that one seed like Oklahoma City would have to or a two seed if, uh, you know, for like the Lakers who are going to be the seven. Uh, I think that's what the NBA is kind of hoping for with this play-in tournament is you get a team that doesn't, like if they did seven versus ten and the ten upset them on on just a one-game fluke, that's not the the kind of drama they're looking for. They're looking for uh, a chance to reward those seven and eight teams but then also give these nines and tens a chance and then at some point, one of those teams is eventually going to push the one seed in the playoff series. And I think that's the kind of drama that the NBA is looking for. And the Thunder certainly have the pieces to, like you said, maybe not win a series, but get hot and push. TJ Ackard with us on the uh, Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, I'm here Hotline. Hotline sounds like a, like a shot or something. Uh, here at Cavens Group on this Thursday here on the Ref. Uh, you know, you think about it, you add Chet Holmgren, and hopefully he's he's healthy next year. You got a ton of money in cap space. I mean, a bunch of money, and then you're going to get a good draft pick somewhere in the 11 uh, through 15 range, and you can always move up with all those uh, draft picks that you still have stashed. So uh, things are definitely looking uh, way up for Oklahoma City. That arrow is pointing way up for the Thunder. All right, uh, what was your final take on the Masters? The Live guys did a nice job, obviously. Uh, Phil was unbelievable with that 65 on Sunday. Mm. Just your final take on this on the Masters and the way the Live guys has that generated any more buzz for the event coming to Tulsa, Broken Arrow to be precise at Cedar Ridge, uh, coming up next month. Yeah, you know my first takeaway is is never pick Rory to win another Masters. That's what I'm. That's I'm going to hang my mm, hat on that. Yeah, that was Rory bad. Again. 
that was just I just don't I don't get it. It's it's the course is set up perfect for him. He's playing great coming in. It's just got to be a mental thing now. So that's 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 my first takeaway. Second takeaway is you know people there's been a complaint lately with the Masters of kind of a lack of drama on Sunday, right? I mean you think back to the past few winners with with Scheffler kind of rolling. John Rahm was in control coming up 17 and 18. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama was pretty much in control when he won. Uh, Dustin Johnson rolled. So, you know, even going back to Tiger, had a two-shot lead on 18, but it was Tiger, so there's tons of drama. I, I make the argument that I think that Augusta brings out and rewards the best players at that time. And so I just rattled off the past winners. Think about who won. I mean, Rom, DJ, Scheffler, all those guys are number one in the world or got to number one in the world with the win. So I think what it's doing is it's exposing who the best players in the world truly are. And if you're playing good, you're going to roll. And that's kind of what's happened. And so I would love to see more, you know, I'd love to see a, a winning birdie putt on 18 and have a Phil Mickelson mini jump to, to win the Masters like we saw all those years ago. But really what it's come down to is the best player in the world right now is winning the golf tournament. I think that's kind of what you want to see. So it was it was nice to see. I loved seeing Phil play well. That was great. That was at least some drama. Um, and you bring up you bring up Liv. Uh, you know, Phil, Kepka, and Patrick Reed all finish in the top like technically six, but three of the top four is what they're going to say. Um, that that is encouraging, and I think there is a little extra buzz going on around Cedar Ridge. The the, the buildings, the uh, infrastructure, whatever, are, are starting to go up around the golf course. I've driven by it a handful of times, um, so they're, they're starting to get that stuff ready. It's it's already been in the process of getting ready. There's going to be people up here who are going to complain about it and, and fight back, but I, I think that Tulsa is going to have a decent showing. Tulsa's a good golf city, and I think people want to see these guys play, and I think it's going to be a decent turnout. TJ, as we turn our attention back to the state of Oklahoma here, I want to ask you the same question I've been asking our guests all week, which is Oklahoma basketball, fresh off their worst season in more than a minute, has until May 1st to sign six additional scholarship players via the portal. Are you concerned at all that there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of buzz surrounding OU as a viable destination for a lot of these more high-profile transfer players? It's interesting, and we're dealing with it up to up here as well, Parker. With Tulsa's still got five guys they need to find. They've lost their almost their entire roster, of course, but they still have five spots open. So there's a bunch of there's a bunch of open scholarships at a handful of Oklahoma schools at this point. And so, you know, you, you see OU on the visit list for some of these these transfer guys coming in. Um, you know, there's there's a there's quite a few out there. So it, 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 I, I think it's more concerning that you're not seeing them as like the favorite or automatically claiming these guys based off of, off of their visit, you know? So the, the bigger concern for me is, is not so much that, that we're not seeing them. It's that it feels like we're, you're starting to run out of time and maybe you're not getting your first choice. Maybe you're having to go to your second choice or, or, or whatever the case may be. So the, the number is, is, is big in terms of not having really that many guys on your roster currently. And then as it continues to move along, you've got to start filling these guys out, whether it's with your option A or you have to go down the list to option B and option C. And so I'm not sure if maybe that's what happened with, with Porter his first year here when he had to go to the portal. I'm not sure if, if he was able to get the, the exact guys he wanted, and now maybe that scenario is happening again. I'm not sure. All right, TJ, great talking to you. Always appreciate your time. We'll do it again uh, probably sometime next week, and uh, looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Go Thunder Friday night. There you go. Yes, in uh, Minnesota and Minneapolis, Friday night, 8.30 on ESPN. Uh, Rudy, go- Rudy Gobert will uh, be back. Jade McDaniels with a broken hand, which is not a smart move. Will not be playing, obviously. Nas Reed's out. 
But, uh, you know, it's still a pretty good group when you've got Carl Anthony Towns, Mike Connolly, Rudy Gobert, and Anthony Edwards. Even though Anthony Edwards was, uh, I believe, 3 of 17 and 0 of 9 from 3 in uh, that game against the uh, Lakers on Tuesday. So, anyway. All right, here at Cavens Group, want to tell you about another winning organization just like Cavens, Riverwind Casino. So many things to do, so many games to play. Over 2,800 electronic games, all of the best electronic games. They also have all your favorite table games, including a world-class poker room. They have the best bars and dining when you think about the River Buffet and Steak Night on Friday, Seafood Night on uh, Saturday, Big Time Brunch on Sunday. Uh, Also... You think about Chips and Ales Pub Restaurant, great little pub restaurant. If you haven't been there, I highly recommend it. Plus, they have a great food court. They have a big-time hotel right there attached to the casino. A highly underrated place you need to visit is the Riverwind Gift Shop. There's some cool stuff in there. I bought golf attire, hats, shirts. Yes, it may look small, but there's some cool stuff there in the Riverwind Gift Shop. And, of course, as we have detailed uh, lately, shows are back at the Showplace Theater beginning June 23rd with Earth, Wind, and Fire. In July, shows from Collective Soul, Josh Turner and comedian Gabriel Iglesias. In August, Dwight Yoakam and Counting Crows will both have shows uh, at Riverwind Casino at the Showplace Theater. And in September, two legendary rock and roll bands, REO Speedwagon, September 8th, Chicago, September 15th. Uh, tickets are available at the box office outside the Showplace Theater or online right now at riverwind.com. And don't forget, Beats and Bites, the summer concert series, kicks off May 27th, 38th special, and Blue Oyster Cult will be the first uh, show out May 27th. In June, Gin Blossoms and Tonic, June 10th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, Tracy Bird, July 8th, and Gary Allen on August 26th. Always something to do. Always a great chance to win. Always not only winning the jackpot, but one of the great promotions they always have out at Riverwind, whether it's random hot seat drawings or whatever, you've got a great opportunity to win and win big at Riverwind Casino. Simply the best. All right, break time. More texts on the way when we get back to close it out. Getting locked in at the top of the hour with Parker and Tyler McComas right here on The Ref. Great, great place, Cabin's Group. Gary and the crew here will do great work for you. If you are in need of emergency services like uh, fire remediation and restoration, water remediation and restoration, mold remediation and restoration, they are the go-to place. Emergency board up and tarping, commercial maintenance, roof replacement and repairs, roof inspection. It all happens here at Cavens Group. Give them a call here in Norman in 405-405-573-3048 in Tulsa. That number, 918-282-7612. And again, in the Norman OKC area, 405-573-3048. On all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Cavens Group. Just look for Cavens Group, C A. V-I-N-S, and their website, cavensgroup.com. Interesting uh, question I got from Twitter. And by the way, I want to uh, shout out a couple of our listeners, Cheryl Bishop and Diane Birch, going down memory lane. They love the Charlie Rich song. Uh, Diane said, Steely, uh, you just took me back to a good memory, one of the first sheet music uh, songs that I bought for the piano. Behind closed doors, Charlie Rich, Cheryl Bishop, I absolutely love that 
Charlie Rich song. So maybe we need to make that our open music, Parker, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but here's an interesting question. I want you to answer it too, Parker. Now you don't you're not as old as me, so you don't you can't go back as far as I can. But Ron asked me, Steely, if there was one OU player that you wish could get a do over, who would it be? And for me it's it's an easy answer. Marcus Dupree. Uh, because he was in let's see, in that time period Dupree left him, what, 83, so you had Heisman winners, you had Flutie, you had uh, Mike Rozier, Bo Jackson won in that time frame, and then I think right after Bo, I believe, was Vinny Testaverde, I think. Uh, Dupree, uh, you know, he had a chance to win one, no doubt, and, uh, as you know, he to me, just in terms of being a freak of nature, he's right there with Adrian Peterson. Uh, certainly Billy Sims and the other great OU running backs are, are, are special. Billy obviously won the Heisman. But um, Marcus Dupree would be the guy because I think he uh, the advisors around him that weren't on the OU coaching staff weren't giving him good insight. So, And I still like the fact that Marcus Dupree is considered a member of the Sooner family, still loves OU, that relationship uh, was long ago repaired. Now, I'm not sure how much damage was done, but it's been repaired. But it would be Marcus Dupree for me. I think in recent memory, the easiest answer is probably Rodney Anderson, just because when you saw Rodney Anderson at peak health in 2017, he was one of the more dominant running backs in college football, obviously had a career day against Georgia in the Rose Bowl. But 2015 – Missed most of the season with an injury. 2016, same deal. 2018, second game of the year, he tears that ACL again, and he's sidelined for the season. Afterward, he decided to declare for the NFL draft, ends up a sixth-round draft pick, goes to camp with the Cincinnati Bengals, hurts himself again in the preseason, and that was all she wrote for Rodney Anderson. So that is one guy that just based on how dominant he was when he was at the top of his game, uh, definitely somebody that I would like to see get a do-over in an Oklahoma uniform because especially if he sticks around in 2019 and beyond, he could have been eligible all the way through the 2021 season, believe it or not. That's That's a dude that could have shattered some school records and maybe carved out a pretty solid pro career for himself if he'd been able to avoid the injury bug. Yeah, that's a good answer. I like that answer. And that Rose Bowl matchup, remember Georgia had Nick Chubb, Sony Michelle. DeAndre Swift, and uh, that day in Pasadena, you know, Rodney Anderson was as good as any back on that field. He may have been the best back that day, right? Yeah, without question. I'm trying to think, have there been any other prominent Sooners who have gotten their careers derailed by injury? I Anderson is the one that sticks out to me in recent memory. Um, anybody else come to mind? I'm sure there's one we're forgetting the text line will alert us about. But that Rodney Anderson's a great one because, you know, it's just all injuries. Yeah, all see, injuries because when he was healthy, he was an absolute stud. Suggestions on the text line include Mike Gaddis, Charles Thompson. Several have said Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mike Gaddis is a great one, too, because Mike Gaddis was big time. And uh, – you know, he and Barry Sanders had a little duel in that Bedlam game, and Mike Gaddis was an NFL guy. There's no doubt. Blew out his knee 
you know, bad luck with injuries for him. Those are all good ones. Troy Aikman again. He, uh, if Jerome Brown doesn't break his leg in that game against uh, Miami and Norman, Troy Aikman may have well finished his career at OU. Instead, he goes out and plays for Terry Donahue at UCLA and becomes the number one pick that year. Uh, eventually, the number one pick, obviously, of the Cowboys. And, of course, Tony Mandrich was number two before Barry Sanders. Didn't work out well for Green Bay. All right, we got to get out of here. The one and only T.J. Perry is here in relief. I just heard uh, the Edwin Diaz music when he walked in the door. Very impressive. All right, I want to thank Gary and the crew here. Everybody have a great Thursday tomorrow at another great place, Riverwind Casino. Let's get locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas. Coming up next.